Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 135 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson, and I have Kurt Mortensen here with me. We're ready to go. We've got an excellent episode planned for all of you today. Kurt, how are things? Steve's going like clockwork, and I heard a great quote. You want to hear the best quote of the yes, week? Yes, I do. Earl Nightingale, you know who he uh-huh, is, right? Yeah. He says, you can't send a six to sell a ten. That's true. That's true. I've been thinking about it. I'm like, that's so true. And it's too late to learn, right? We've talked about that before. I've just been thinking about that, everyone wants to be persuasive or influential or negotiate, but if you're not ready for that encounter, if they're already at 10 and you're at a six, man, so I've been thinking about that. What a great quote. Just simple to the point, but it sure says a lot. That's a very good quote. And I've been thinking about a quote too similar, and I don't know that this quote can be attributed to anybody. I've heard it said in a variety of ways, but it, you know, something to the effect of, you are the average of the five people you hang around the most. Yeah, they do that with income, too. They say yep. it's the 10. Yeah, you take your 10 friends, average your income, that's what you got. They say, hey, get better friends. It'll make you think. <laughs> that's right. You're like, uh, you don't qualify. You're pulling me down. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. if you're a high income <laughs> earner, you got to beware. People trying so to So the next friends. family gathering, just get a little piece of paper. Now, how much do you earn? Okay, all right. No, I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> all right, how much do you earn? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then just kind of decide who you're going to hang out with and increase your income. There you go. Podcast done. Good night, Podcast everyone. Podcast done. Have a great week. Yeah, it's true, though. I mean, if you hang around people that are doing things that you don't want to be doing, that make money you don't want to make, I mean, you're just going to be like the people you are around. So deep, deep thoughts. Deep thought. And so true. So simple, but so true. It is. It is. So we want to get into the show today and remind everybody that you can go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com, the link to our blog that has the articles and everything that we talk about. Follow us on Twitter at InfluenceMax or like us on Facebook. Just punch in Maximize Your Influence on the search bar on Facebook. And as always, you should check out UniversityOfPersuasion.com because it has all the past episodes, has a free course that you can go through for an entire year to learn how to become a better persuader. We went on a whole big tangent on that on episode 132, and we actually put our product through the persuasion test, right? I went on, what was it, like a five to ten minute to pitch about university persuasion and Kurt broke it down. What did I do? What was effective? What wasn't effective? So go check it out. I'm the the sacrificial lamb, so to speak, for you to analyze on all this stuff and how well it works. In the meantime, for today's show, inadvertently, last week on episode 134, Kurt and I somehow started talking about the new urban phenomenon. Maybe it's not new. Maybe we're just late to the party here. Called RBF or otherwise known as resting bitch face. <laughs> it's a scientific term. Everyone needs to know. Write that down, RBF. It apparently has made it into Urban Dictionary. You know, if you ever come across somebody, and I don't know that I need to explain this. I think it goes without saying, but it's mostly attributed to women. And you probably know that by its name. I'm not trying to dig too much into that, but it's... Remember, I was diagnosed with this, so come yeah, on. Yeah, you were. You were. So I don't know how I should feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Look it up online. See how you're supposed to feel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But this is somebody sitting there in just kind of a passive mood, but they look like they want to kill you. You They look mad. They look upset. They look angry. 
and really they're just in a neutral mood. And, and it, we just kind of mentioned this in passing last week, and we've had a lot of feedback on it, a lot of questions. And so we looked it up, and scientists are saying, yeah, it's a real thing. RBF is a real thing. And so that brings us to today's geeky article moment that Kurt looks forward to every week. Kurt, why don't you queue up Urkel? Here he goes, Urkel. <laughs> Urkel. <laughs> so this is an article from CNN, and it's got a, a picture of, oh, what is her name? The Twilight Girl. Uh, I'll think of it. You know, she's kind of, a lot of people think she's a terrible actress, and maybe this is why she has RBF, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's a couple of quotes from the article. CNN.com. Good news, everyone. You can now wear your mildly discontented face with some validation. The phenomenon known as resting bitch face is real. According to scientists, better yet, there's research available that could explain why some people are throwing shade. In a study conducted in October 2015, scientists Abe Macbeth and Jason Rogers from Naldus Information Technology, a company that developed software for observational and behavioral research, used the company's face reader software. They've got face reader software. It's pretty cool. To analyze the faces of celebrities like Kanye West, Kristen Stewart, that's the Twilight Girl, Anna Kendrick and Queen Elizabeth II, notable public figures who have been known to occasionally wear less than pleased expression. We're looking to see if anything popped out, Macbeth said. Our software is objective. It's not prone to human subjectivity like we are. What they discovered was that celebrities who had bored or annoyed looks were showing underlying levels of emotions that are not seen in people who don't have RBF. So you're going through some emotions, you're you know not having a great day, but if you're just kind of bored or neutral, it's going to show, right? What they do, Kurt, is they pick a neutral-looking image of a person, one where they aren't smiling, and they run it through the software, and then the software registers the face, and it gives a percentage of the underlying emotions that it's picking up. So usually it's going to do 97% neutral, but about 3% of an underlying expression, and that shows the emotions of sadness, happiness, or anger. So when somebody is not feeling, when they're just neutral, they're walking around at about 97% of their face is showing that neutrality, but there's a little 3% edge that is kind of giving off something. And it's a little different for everybody. And that is the, the kicker on resting bitch face. And so you've got these people that, that are probably not happy and it's, it's kind of showing in our subconscious is, is picking up on it. The article goes on to mention a couple of actresses like I think Jennifer Aniston is one of them where they ran that through the software and most people said oh she's she's a happy person and it was just her neutral face but she was voted as happy whereas Kristen Stewart from Twilight is apparently grumpy all the time pretty interesting it is and who knew that everyone wanted to know about RBF and that it was a phenomenon and then so we'll post a link on the website for you can test to see if you have RBF and again Remember from last week, I am guilty, I have been accused, but let me just put it out there that some places, and sometimes it's a good thing for negotiations, sometimes it's really good when someone's coming over to date your daughter, really good. <laughs> if you're flying Southwest Airlines, you know the airlines where you don't have a seat assignment and you don't want someone to sit next to you, pretty good. So time and place for RBF. Yeah, yep. There's a, a quick little bit of background on this. That RBF first gained attention when a, a meme hit the internet in 2013 and there was kind of a viral mock public service announcement. We'll post a, a notice on that on the blog. And uh, so it made the condition somewhat of a joke, but apparently it, it, it's a real thing. And you know, some people, you can just pick up on it. So there you go. <laughs> and Kurt, 
I understand you're going to be able to tell our listeners if they have it or not. You mean the website? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll tell you. You upload a picture. It's pretty cool. I've been looking at it. You upload it, and you kind of adjust it a little bit, and it does its facial recognition, and uh, you will know. You will be tagged as RBF. So if you think you might have this disease, this issue, this symptom, whatever you want to call it, go there. We'll put the link there on the blog. It's really interesting. Or at least upload your coworker's picture and see what you think. Yeah, upload it and then put it on the company Facebook page. There we go. And I noticed there are also RBF websites where you can post people's pictures. So that's a great thing to do for a coworker. Yeah. <laughs> and we would really like it. If you go, we're going to give the the web address to all this, this company that has a software. If you are diagnosed with resting bitch face, it might be against your demeanor to do this, but we would love for you to tweet it out and tag us. <laughs> we just want to see this stuff. This would be great. Please do tag us. Let us know that you have it. That you've been diagnosed. This is the good thing because I didn't know I had it for years. <laughs> and I finally know that I am a sufferer. Or again, sometimes it's a good thing of RBF. Yes, Kurt is a sufferer of RBF. So <laughs> I can't I can't talk about it. You know, it's one of those things if you're not it, you can't make fun of it. But you can. I can. Yeah. I've got I was diagnosed. So yeah. <laughs> well, our condolences. So <laughs> let's move it on here. I want to refer everybody back, and if you subscribe to University Persuasion, it's pretty easy to do. Back to episode 36, back in the day, almost 100 episodes ago. That's actually not intentional. That's a coincidence that it's almost 100 episodes ago. And we talked about ego on that episode. Ego and esteem, rather. Ego is a part of esteem, how we make people feel when we're presenting to them how they felt before we start presenting or, or persuading them is a big, big factor. And sometimes somebody's position and their ego is going to be, it's going to be a pretty big deal. And no matter what you try, you're not going to be successful due to ego being in the way. So I want to help you navigate those waters today, give you some pointers on how to deal with ego, whether it's somebody has a huge ego, uh, is it appropriate to challenge the ego periodically? So that's what we're here to do. Kurt has a lot of info prepared on that. Kurt, what should persuaders be aware of first? What's the general background on this topic of ego? The first thing is, out of the 12 laws of persuasion, this is the one that's probably the most surprising where self-esteem and ego and belonging and being part of the group, we're thinking, well, that shouldn't matter. And we're like, wow, does it ever. If you bring up a better idea in a meeting, you could get shot down just because it's a better idea than the person next to you. You bruise someone's self-esteem, you challenge the ego at the wrong time, it's huge what it does to persuasion and influence. Bottom line, if you enhance somebody's self-esteem, it opens the doors to persuasion and influence. You bruise it, you back someone to a corner, you prove some of them wrong, you win the argument, it closes the doors to your ability to influence. I mean, we all love to win the argument, but in the world of persuasion and influence, it really doesn't help you because they were never persuaded. They just lost an argument, and that bruises a self-esteem. This is a huge one that people don't even consider. Well, they're the CEO, it shouldn't matter. Well, they get paid money, it shouldn't matter. Well, it was the truth, it shouldn't matter. Uh, ding, 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 it does matter. You've got to be very, very careful of ego and esteem and how you praise and if you praise. All those things come together that makes a big difference in the world of persuasion and influence. So do you want to be right or do you want to make money? <laughs> that is exactly right. Or be happy. You want to be right, you want to be happy, be right, make money. Especially for negotiators, you check your ego at the door. 
it doesn't matter. They're going to try to bruise your ego. And that's the one tool that most people have. They'll try to beat you up, back you in a corner, win the argument. And if you can see it coming, and if you know that most people do that because of their own low self-esteem, you just kind of smile on the inside and know that you're going to make more money. Let them vent. Let them think that they're bruising your self-esteem. But you'll be very, very careful of this piece of human nature. I had a pretty interesting week uh, revolving around this, Kurt, and maybe that's why we decided to talk about it subconsciously. But my business partner and I occasionally will loan money to real estate investors, and we had a deal in another state go pretty sour on us. In most places, the real estate market is very, very robust right now. Things are going well. If your property is priced correctly, it's going to sell within 30 days in most cases. If it's not priced correctly, it won't sell within 30 days. And we were in the middle of this loan, and it was taking way too long. The borrowers were past the loan terms. And, and one of the, uh, the people we'd lent the money to sent a rather scathing email to us. They were upset with us, felt we hadn't performed on our side of the agreement. Uh, for the record, they were wrong. But, and this email was laced with profanity. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. my business partner was not happy to receive it. I wasn't either. Nobody would. But I could see that there were some emotions happening. Not that I excused what they did, but, you know, hey, we got to move past this. Uh, my business partner was not that way, and he was ready to go to court. He was ready to uh, sue these guys like crazy and, and go all the way to court. And listeners, if you've been to court, you know it's very rarely worth it. <laughs> it's, it is a terrible, terrible, expensive experience. There's a, a little graphic I love going around has two guys fighting over a cow. One is pulling on the cow's head saying, mine. And the other is pulling on the cow's tail saying, mine. And in the middle, there's a lawyer on a stool milking the cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is so true. The only one winning is the lawyer's yeah. cow. <laughs> and, and that was what my partner was willing to get into. And I actually had to get pretty forceful on it. It was a heated week. And I said, do you want to spend 50000 in attorney's fees so a judge will say, congratulations, you're right. Or do you want to get most of this money out now and move on with our life? It was a huge ego thing. And, and people have been known to do crazy, crazy things in order to compensate for ego. It's amazing that the human brain needs to be right. We'll do anything to win the argument or, or show people we're better than we actually are. And so we have to be aware of that if you can boost someone's self-esteem, it makes a big difference. We can talk about praise and that costs nothing. Or we could do the word of the day, which is ingradiation. That's one that you can write down, which is actually the scientific term for be praise or brown nosing or boot licking. And the funny thing is, is when someone's doing it to us, oh, you look great in that dress or good job. We can't see it happening, but everyone else around us can. But it's interesting that ingradiation works. And it's amazing that when people that ingradiate in the workplace, so they say kind things to their bosses, I guess we can put it to you that way. They were perceived as more competent, more motivated, and qualified for leadership positions by supervisors. They're getting the raises. They are getting the leadership positions. They are getting the things that you want because they're willing to say nice things. And your supervisors still need it. In fact, another study shows that ingradiators enjoyed a 5% edge over non-ingradiators in earning more money. So there's something about that. And the studies also show that when you talk about praise, and again, praise is really important. We all want praise. We all want to belong. But make sure you're praising things that are specific and that you're sincere about it. But the interesting thing is, is that it's better to use one great effective ingradiation method than lots of smaller ones. 
So in this situation, less is more. Like they did it with hairdressers who they were fixing people's hair and they were looking at compliments and how many compliments and what that would do to their tip. And they found that they did the zero, one, two, three different compliments, which is amazing because they're complimenting the person's hair, but the hairdresser just did their hair. So I don't know who they're complimenting. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so when zero didn't do much to the tip, one compliment had a dramatic increase in the tip. Two, three, four compliments, it started to decrease a little bit to where it was too much. So we need to be careful with that and how that works. Now, a gradation will always work better when we are using same level or downward influence. It works a lot better if we're going to ingradiate someone on our same level or down. Uh, what they found out is that when you're persuading up, one of the best things you can do with ingradiation or praise is using self-deprecation or apologies, those type of things to where you're, Carol, that was my fault, that or putting yourself down a little bit makes them elevate themselves. Worked out really, really well. So it's interesting, the science here where, Again, most people say, well, it shouldn't matter. And I'm just saying, it does. It matters more than you'll ever think. If you come into another department with a great idea, what IT should do or what marketing should do, what sales can do, whatever it is, and it's like, wait a minute, it's my department and you're coming up with an idea, that alone subconsciously could cause resistance. Because I know everybody out there, and I've done this poll in seminars before where they go to somebody with a no-brainer of an idea, it's going to take two minutes, everyone's going to like it, and all you got was resistance, usually that indicates you bruised someone's self-esteem and uh, you did it the wrong way. Your goal is to help them persuade themselves. Mm. That's very interesting. It, I think we could give a little bit of a challenge to the listeners. You're talking about ingradiation. And pick somebody in your life, whether it's in your career, your home life, your family, your church, whatever it is, that that you either don't have a great relationship with or you just don't really have one. You're around them all the time, but you never talk or there's just nothing there, right? And find a way to give them a sincere compliment in the next couple of days and then watch what happens to that relationship after that. You know, watch what kind of doors open as a result because we automatically flock to and want to help and want to cooperate with people that make us feel good, that stroke the ego, so to speak. That is critical. Yeah, do that. You'll be amazed at what happens. A simple compliment, praise, pat on the back, feeling part of the group, any of those things. Because here's the thing you need to understand. Every single person you talk to has a low self-esteem. And that includes you. We all suffer from a low self-esteem in some aspect of our life. Is it a presentation? Is it on the beach? Is it writing a report? It doesn't matter what it is. Self-esteem's at an all-time low. Now, let's define self-esteem. How much you like yourself. I mean, that's probably the best definition I've heard. Now, most people are trying so hard to cover up this low self-esteem, and they'll do anything to show people that they don't have a low self-esteem. And if you want a list of symptoms, here's a list of symptoms of low self-esteem. The inability to trust, aggressive behavior, gossiping, resenting others, criticizing others, the inability to take criticism, defensiveness, inability to take compliments is all part of that. So if you could do anything just to boost their self-esteem, stroke their ego a little bit, it makes a big difference because we all need it. We all want it, especially when you're influencing up because these are the type of people that aren't getting it that much. So if you could do it in the right way, in a believable, sincere way and pray something that's specific, you don't want to say, oh, you're awesome. I guess that's probably better than nothing, but if it's something specific that they did, that makes all the difference in the world to open the door to influence, to open the door to connectivity, to build that rapport, 
It's a simple thing, but here's the key factor. Think about this one. Most people don't praise because of their own low Mm -hmm. self-esteem. Self-esteem, it's a zero-sum game. If I praise this person, then I am not as good. Is that the, the reasoning subconsciously there? Subconsciously, yeah, and it's not that way at all. We can deliver the praise. We can talk to people and, and do it in the right way. Don't start getting your yellow pad out and start checking people's name off as you praise them throughout the day. <laughs> Sincere and genuine. Reminds me of a story of this guy who was going to the seminar, and they talked about praise and taking people for granted. He's like, you know, I, I do that with my wife. I really need to praise her more and really sure that I love her. So he went and got chocolates and flowers. You know the typical thing yep, a male yep. would do, right? And they comes home with chocolate and flowers. He's, he's excited because he wants this big reaction. And she looks at him and she starts to cry. And this is not a good cry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, whoa, whoa, what happened? What's wrong? I thought you'd appreciate this. He's like, oh, I've had a terrible day. Got a new ding in the car. And Johnny Jr. got in trouble at school. And you come home drunk. <laughs> 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 Meaning... You want to do this in a specific way, but if you just start praising people out of the blue, like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Who is this person? Just slowly start to implement this. You implement it too fast, you might be accused of RBF or being drunk. You're the greatest, honey. You're just, you're the best. (laughs) So it works really well. Just slowly implement it because if out of the blue, you're praising people 100 times a day, they're like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Seminar, podcast, drinking, they're going to say something's up. Just slowly implement this, but it has dramatic results. I, when I get my wife flowers, I just have them delivered now because I got tired of going to the store and buying them and people in the checkout line looking at me like, oh, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the new regulation, government regulation. Okay, write down what you Yeah, did. you got to say what you did when you buy flowers. <laughs> when you can buy flowers, you got to write down what you <laughs> You're did. You're buying them. Uh, we need you to fill out Form 27B. Yeah. <laughs> and if you say just because you care, then there's another room for you. We're going to talk to you there because we don't believe you. Yeah. Yeah. We could put TSA in charge of it. <laughs> oh, geez. Which they are just the worst, by the way. I don't know. I travel a lot, so I probably shouldn't rag on them here on the podcast. But yeah, you're going to get on the list. On the list. Yeah. Well, let's cue up the blunder. Oh, right. Homer, go. Here's Homer. Go, go, go. So this episode is pretty interesting because. This is a funny coincidence, too. I referred everybody back to episode 36, where we first talked about esteem. And on that episode, I was actually doing the ninja. And I told a story about a friend of mine who came across a door-to-door salesman, and his pitch was awesome. It was, I'm the last door-to-door salesman you'll ever see. I'm selling no soliciting signs. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. I wish he would have come to my house because I had a very unpleasant experience with some pest control guys at my house on Saturday. These guys were annoying and overbearing and over the top. The funny thing was, is I've been thinking about getting some pest control. The right persuader would have had me on Saturday. I'm in the market, haven't sprayed for a while. Got to get rid of some spiders and all that. I told the guy, well, I'd like to do a little bit more research. What would you like to research? And I told him up front, I said, I would like to do research without you involved. (laughs) Okay. Because, no offense, you've got your talking points, and I want to find out how much I need this. Because he was trying to sell me this big year-long package. We come every two months, and we do this. And I thought, eh, it's probably a little excessive, right? Obviously, I didn't trust him enough to let him resolve my objection, right? He, he needed to build more trust there. But he said, well, later today, my manager is going to be in the area, and he can come talk to you about that. 
after you've done your research. I said, okay, tell you what, this is my phone number. When he gets in the area, feel free to give me a call. And if I'm around, he's welcome to come by and talk to me. Okay, great. Shuts the door. And I immediately had to run up the street to a neighbor's house. And I was going in and getting in the car in the garage. And my daughter comes out, dad, the door. Like, what the door? I was just at the door 30 seconds ago, tops, Kurt. I'm like, who is it? Oh, the manager, huh? It's the guy. The guy. Same guy or the manager? Guy and the manager. Oh, jeez. And I said, tell him to call me later. And I and I left. And my neighbor actually wasn't wasn't home. I was gone for maybe five minutes, Kurt. And I came back and I walk in my house. And what do I hear again? The door knocking. It's the guy with the manager. I open the door. I'm like, what's up, guys? Oh, hey, we heard that you had some questions. I said, yeah. And I said to call. Oh, okay. Well, what questions do you have? I don't, I've got to do my, well, we're happy. I said, and I lost it, Kurt. I lost it. <laughs> they pushed too hard. I said, I told you to call. You had a sale. Now get the crap off of my porch and never come back. And that was it. You got to resolve objections. You got to do those things. But man, that was obnoxious. I'm getting kind of mad just talking about it. <laughs> Blunder right there. They didn't listen to you. They didn't have any objection. They just kind of strong-armed you a little bit. Yeah, they didn't listen to you at all what you wanted to do and you were willing to do business with them you gotta be careful and they follow the famous even a blind pig can find food model that it works every once in a while and so they keep using it and that's an amazing thing with especially door-to-door salespeople. it worked once so it must work on everybody and it uh, might work one percent of the time but if they would fine-tune and adjust to the people and persuade people how they want to be persuaded they would be more successful yeah yeah this guy had some really cheesy skills too Have you noticed these door-to-door guys? I think I've mentioned this before. Their new thing is to stand way back away from your door Mm -hmm. and to even stand sideways. And I know what they're trying to do is not feel threatened. And and really, it's just off-putting. It's like, come on, look at me. You going to talk to me or what? Right? (laughs) And I said, hey, what's going on? Oh, hey, I'm so-and-so. I was just talking to your neighbor. He mentioned my neighbor by name. I'll give him credit for social validation there. He says, hey, come look here. And I said, dude, what's going on? (laughs) You can't be some stranger knocking on my door, telling me to come out and look at the side of my house. Tell me what's going on. I so man, I just those guys are terrible, Kurt. Terrible. <laughs> Pretty old school, but hey, it works every once in a while. That's why they keep doing it. Every once in a while. Blunder, blunder, blunder. <laughs> blunder, blunder. So that's it for today, everybody. Thanks for listening to episode 135 of Maximize Your Influence. We're gonna catch you next week on another episode. Take care and persuade with power.